I feel very, very blessed and honored to welcome an old friend of mine. This is season three of SBC. Thank you for listening. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about André Matos and the book, the biography, O Maestro do Heavy Metal. Before I start, though, I want to apologize for the delay in producing this episode. What happened was that it took me too long to read Troubled Blood, which is the topic of the previous episode. And when I managed to get it out for you guys, time was already too short for this one. Not only that, André Matos was one of the biggest heroes I had when I was a teenager. And even though I had stopped following his career when Shaman split up, I still admired him a lot, and I felt his loss very deeply, especially because I went to his last concert one week before he passed away, and it was phenomenal. So he left us in June 2019, but I was still grieving. I, I couldn't listen to any of his songs or see pictures of him because I would start crying immediately. And when I selected this biography to be part of season three, I guess I was unconsciously, you know, pushing myself to accept his death and really be okay with it, which was what happened eventually, but not without um, some resistance. So, on top of the delay caused by troubled blood, I procrastinated the hell out of reading Andres' biography. Another big reason for this episode to be coming out later than expected is that I was and still am tired of producing content at the pace I tried to maintain this past year. Many of you know, but for those of you who don't, I am the only person behind everything Monica Sanoli. I teach, I do the accounting and the scheduling, I take care of the website, I manage Instagram and my mailing list, I produce this whole podcast from writing the script to recording, editing, designing the artwork and making sure it's available for free on your podcast feed. I record videos for YouTube and many, many other things. Now, I love my job 
I love everything that I do, but I'm not a machine, and I can't pretend this pandemic is not happening, especially because I live in Brazil, and there is a fucking genocidal freak making everything worse. So for all of uh, the reasons I mentioned, mainly the, the latter, I give myself permission to have a breakdown every once in a while, and this is what happened. I thought a lot about what I wanted to do with all of this, and I decided to focus solely on the podcast when it comes to content. So I'm not going to be worrying about YouTube for a while, and I am going to be prioritizing quality over just sticking to a schedule for the sake of frequency. I believe this is the best option for me as a person who is addicted to creating content online, and for you too, as faithful listeners who deserve episodes that are good and not just okay. I am also going to be recording some episodes in Portuguese in between the main ones, the ones about the books, which I think is something my Brazilian listeners will be happy about. I haven't thought much about these episodes yet, but they probably won't be scripted. It would just be me talking shit about books I want to read, shows I'm watching or want to watch, English teaching and whatnot. Anyway, if you're still listening, dude, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, for real. You may not realize it, but having you out there clicking play makes all the difference to me. This episode is not only about my latest breakdown, it's also about Andre. So let's talk about him. And, by the way, I'm going to be pronouncing his name and the names of his bands uh, with the Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese pronunciation. I hope that's not a problem for you. André Matos was one of the great names of heavy metal, or power metal, if you want to be specific. He was a Brazilian metal singer, composer, professional conductor, producer, and pianist. He had academic training in orchestral conducting, composition, lyrical singing, and classical piano. His contribution to Brazilian heavy metal was unparalleled, him being the frontman and founding member of bands such as Viper, Angra, and Shaman. He did something that was quite controversial and that people were not used to hearing before, which was incorporate numerous elements of Brazilian music into heavy music. His voice was incredible, he could hold high notes like it was no big deal, and he spoke seven languages. <laughs> 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 
I've never seen someone command an audience like that with uh, a piano. I fell in love with Andrea when I was 14, I think. And Shaman was in the middle of their ritual tour. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but my brother had a friend and this friend burned me a CD with heavy metal songs. Like there were, I don't even remember the bands that were in, uh, in that CD, but I just got that CD and I remember listening to Sign Avantageous, Sign of the Cross and Inside. And those were my favorite songs from that CD. And I listened to them over and over and over again. So I went online, like the internet was becoming a thing um, uh, at that time. And I found out about Avantasia. I found out about um, Tobias Summit and Andre Matos. And the fact that Andrea was Brazilian really attracted me. So that was when I became a fan of Edguy and Shaman. In January 2004, I went to my first big concert, which was Iron Maiden in Sao Paulo. And Shaman was the opening act. So that was the first time I saw Shaman live. And I was blown away. It was really good. It wasn't a, 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 a their show. Like, it was a little weird. People were not there to see them. But it was really good. And I was really impressed by Andres' performance live. After that, I went to a couple of concerts. And, other, and I met him in other occasions, such as meet and greets, like promoted by uh, bookstores. They, um, the bookstores used to do that at the time. I don't know if they still do that. So during 2004, I like followed Andre and Shema very closely. And in October of that year, they played uh, with Edguy in Sao Paulo. It was a festival called Rock the Planet. It was, if I remember correctly, it was Viper. Then there was Shema and then Edguy like closing the night. So it was an Edguy show. But that was my first Edguy concert. And seeing Andrea and Tobias live on stage, like together on stage. Because I, I started liking Edguy and Shema and Tobias and Andrea after the recording of Ritual Live, right? The, the DVD Ritual Live, which is an amazing uh, show. But I, when that happened, when that show happened, I didn't even know they existed. So my first time seeing them live was in Rock the Planet in October. And it was a big moment for me. And I remember that night very well. I remember like the feeling of seeing them uh, on the stage. I remember everything. And Andrea was a character. We all made fun. We, the fans, right? All made fun of the way that he was. He did seem to be arrogant, but still everybody liked him. He was very likable still. He was the type of person that even when people didn't like him, they did like him. So that was the impression that I had anyway. Oh! 
I never really got into Angra because Shaman was the thing for me. So I never really got into Angra and I never really understood, not until I read the book, I never really understood what the problem was with Angra. Or if I if I understood, like if I researched that at the time, I just completely forgot because it, I like it wasn't important for me. But then, okay, but then after Ritual, they recorded Reason, the second album. And when I listen to Reason today, I love it, right? But I remember that at that time, I didn't like it as much as I did Ritual. And by the time the band split up, I had already lost some of the interest I had in following his career, in following Andres' career. So uh, I I really don't remember like the chronology of things, but they split up after some time after Reason was released, and the next time I I saw Andrea live was with Avantasia in two thousand eight, uh, singing inside, <laughs> which I thought I was going to be okay listening to that live. I thought I was like, oh, okay, it's Andrea, no big deal. Uh, like Andrea and Tobias together again, no big deal. But I cried my eyes out. It was amazing. it I never thought about Andre again like I never listened to anything again but then I got the news in 2019 that Shaman was going to play like the original Shaman was going to play before Avantasia in Sao Paulo that was like that was it for me that <laughs> was like oh my god yes 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 it's going to be like the first time again uh, like my first time seeing them live again. The, that place, I believe it was Espaço das Américas, it was crowded. It was really, really crowded. The last time I'd seen it so crowded was, I think, Rock the Planet in 2004. But the place was different back then. So I don't know like how many people were there in 2004 and how many people were there in 2019. But it, the feeling was the same. And there were many, many people that were there just to see Shaman. Like, they didn't care about Avantasia. And I was there for, for both. And I was, like, right in front of the stage. And everybody that was around me was there to see Shaman. I thought that was really cool. And I was really excited to to see them, them perform again. Especially Andre. And I was hit with all sorts of emotions when their show started. I saw Andrea like had white hair and like gray hair. And I was like, oh my God, he's, he's, he's getting old, you know, like he's not, he's not as young as he was when we were young. <laughs> so um, it was really, really emotional. It was a really emotional night for me and I think for everybody else. Lost my innocence 
the way that Andrea and Tobias hugged on stage. And Tobias said in the book that that hug was genuine because they hadn't seen each other before uh, stepping on stage. That was like very clear for all of us that that was real and that was very emotional for everybody. So they played Reach Out for the Light. Unfortunately, they didn't play inside. Tobias didn't come out before the before the Avantasia concert choosing Pride with Andrea, which was unfortunate as well. But yeah, Reach Out for the Light was the last song Andrea performed live before he died. And his death was very surprising, of course, for everyone. And I I just didn't understand. I just couldn't understand what had happened. Like a heart attack, you know? He was only 47 years old. How could he have a heart attack? So, so it was very bad. It was very sad. And everybody was shocked. Everybody that liked Andrea, every fan, every every band in the scene was shocked and i i watched a lot of videos and every time tobias uh, up until now like every every time tobias talks about andrea like on his radio show or whatever i have to brace myself because tobias's grief affected me a lot as well André Matos, the heavy metal maestro, presents a detailed account of the entire career of heavy metal star André Matos. More than that, readers will have a glimpse of what the human being was like behind the promotional photos and the stage lights. The André with dreams and nightmares attached to simple things. A man who led huge bands and could have become a millionaire but chose to endure the consequences of not selling off his values. A person never ashamed to start out from zero as many times as needed. The man who abruptly and prematurely left this world at the age of 47. So this is the um, synopsis of the book that is available online. I just read it right off the page. Um, the book was written by Eliel Vieira and Luis Aiscorbi. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the names right. 
And yes, here is more. In addition to an extensive and detailed research over hundreds of interviews given by André Matos to magazines, newspapers, websites, TV and radio stations over the past three decades, the authors have interviewed many people very close to André, who had him not as a rock star, but as a friend. So that's it. I bought the Portuguese edition during its pre-order period, and I liked it a lot. It was great to see rare pictures of André and read all the interviews. There are some pictures that I remember having as posters on my wall back then, or uh, flyers promoting the shows I went to. So reading this book was kind of getting closure for me. I cried a lot reading it, but at the end I was able to close the book and be okay with the fact that André is not here anymore. However, the writing is quite amateurish and the authors were not as unbiased as they claimed they tried to be. I didn't know André personally, but for all of his qualities and everything that made him the kind, genius person he was, he was clearly very difficult to live and work with. So I don't know, I think they could have acknowledged that a little bit more. They also throw some shade at people who, according to them, claimed to be fans and went to the church where that beautiful memorial service was held, but couldn't bother to show up when André was struggling to book small shows here in Brazil. I mean... People change. People have other priorities. Life happens. Personally, I wasn't interest, uh, interested in his career after Shema. I really wasn't. But that doesn't mean I stopped liking him or that his passing wouldn't have affected me. The friends that I had back then, most of them got married, had children, and have to worry about raising those children today. Like, I've, I've been to many concerts that my friends from the old times didn't want or couldn't go to, for many reasons. I think it's absurd for these authors to judge people like that, especially when you consider that nowadays, this type of music doesn't have the same impact here in Brazil as it had 15 years ago. Uh, André was loved by many people, and like I said, the amount of fans who were there at the concert in São Paulo to see Shama and not Avantasia is a testament to that. have until the end of May to pre-order the English edition of this biography. 
but do so at your own risk, because if the text in the pre-order page is any indication, the writing will be pretty bad. The text on that page was poorly translated from the Portuguese edition, and apparently no one bothered to spellcheck it, which is a shame. Hey guys, it's me from the future. I just finished editing this episode, and if you cried while listening to it, you're not alone, because I cried while editing it. I just wanted to leave a quick note about the, the soundtrack and all the songs that I used. I started the episode with Tobias Summit introducing Andre Matos during the last concert. I used some segments of Distant Thunder and Fairy Tale from the DVD Ritual Life, and I also used a segment of the studio version of Innocence from Shaman as well. You also listened to a segment of Carry On performed by Rafael Bittencourt from Angra during Andrés' memorial service. And you've also heard a very small fragment of Bethy Rohr's video Vocal Coach Reacts to André Matos' Shaman. You find all the appropriate links in the description of the episode. Thus, we come to the end of the first episode, post-breakdown. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you did, tell your friends, leave a five-star review wherever it is that you're listening, and follow or subscribe to the feed if you haven't already. You can also follow me on Instagram at Monica Sanoli, S-A-N-O-L-I, all together with Monica, and join the Discord server through the link in the description. Those are the best ways to keep in touch with me. See you next time. Bye.